everyone, welcome to this Champions League final preview episode of Box Box. It's Jesse here. Basically, Alex and I recorded two kind of sections of the pod and then didn't really think about how we we're going to put them together. Organised Queens, the both of us. Um, so this is a little intro from me. First up, you're going to hear from Marc Andres, who is a Catalan journalist who covers... Uh, Barcelona, specifically the women's team, um, before we spoke to Anika Becker, a German journalist, uh, a little bit more about the Wolfsburg perspective on things. Um, but I hope you guys enjoy, had a lot of fun uh, chatting to, to both our guests. A big thanks to them for, for joining us. Um, so yeah, enjoy the show. Ahora nos vamos in a segment in a bit of Spanish. <laughs> Jesse's, Jesse's Spanish is going to be put to the test. Jesse, you know what? Why don't you do the introduction in Spanish? Hola. <laughs> Bienvenido a nuestra podcast en español uh, con Mark y con Alex uh, por la final de Champions con el Barcelona el Wolfsburg. Sí. And as, yes, for those who didn't don't understand Spanish, we are, we are, joins for this segment with Marc Andres, um, Spanish football journalist, Rajuno, everything you want, all in covering Barcelona and a quite, uh, I would say, I wouldn't say regular, but I think everybody knows who Marc is on this podcast if they've been listening for quite a while. Marc, ¿qué tal? Bien, uh, gracias, thank you. I'm honored. Es un honor esta introducción. It's English. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's it's uh, well. Uh, thank you for for uh, inviting me again. Uh, it's always a pleasure. Uh, like I said before, we went uh, on air. Uh, I'm sorry, Jesse, because this is not the final you wanted, but uh, it's the final we we have. But uh, always a pleasure to talk about Barcelona and and every everything about the Champions League. I think it'll, it'll be definitely interesting. Um, just, I mean, the podcast for the semi-final, Jesse was was pretty much certain that Chelsea were going to lose anyway. So it went a lot better than I expected that game. So you got to take the wins, and even though that was a loss, but you know Chelsea still won the double. So I'm still on a high from the weekend. So we're all mm. good. We're all good. Yeah, you you got that. But a bit of review, I guess. Well, obviously Barcelona haven't played. They've had about two weeks to prepare for this this match. Um, finished the league, not invincible this time around. They lost the last match of the season to Madrid CF. Um, Mark, you were, this is at the time of recording, you went uh, to Barcelona's media day today ahead of the Champions League final. Um, what do you have to report from that? I mean the the players feel confident. Uh, there were about there were six players that talked to us: uh, Aitana, uh, Mariona, Pina, Chernogorchevich, uh, Kira Walsh, and uh, I think that's it. Or I'm forgetting someone. Marta. Marta. Marta Torrejon. Uh, correct. Thank you, Alex. You know better than me, and I was there. <laughs> no, but they the general the general feeling is that they feel confident in in themselves, and obviously it was a huge hit to their uh, morale and their confidence, uh, the loss on uh, Torino last last year. And they feel better this time around because they feel like the, the season has prepared them for this game. You know, maybe the, the, the feeling was that last season they prepared, uh, they were prepared to be this huge juggernaut since the beginning of the season. And uh, they hoped that it would last all year. And you were you were seeing uh, in the last few months of the season last last time around that um, they were uh, running on fumes in the last few in the last few weeks. So I believe that this year the the preparation that uh, it has been more on the on the side of let's prepare for May. Yeah, we will we have to be good on the first months of the season on the middle stages of the of this season. But we want to be ready for the, the the dates in May, the date in June, and they're ready to to play in Eindhoven, and they feel they feel confident in themselves, and that um, more more mentally, physically physically also, but more mentally that they are prepared for every every single scenario that uh, they will face. And I just talked about uh, the Chelsea game. 
because uh, maybe a few years ago, uh, Barca could have gone ahead against Chelsea, uh, against Chelsea, but after after scoring the goal, maybe if, if Chelsea tied, Barcelona would have folded, but uh, not this time around. So I think that's that's a huge step towards success that maybe last year in Turin uh, we didn't see. Yeah, no, that's definitely true. I think Alexia said it in um, his own interview as well, that physically they're much better than they were last season. Because we saw, I mean, everybody, it was quite evident in the the final interior and that Barcelona were just exhausted. And the starting players were exhausted and they couldn't really, they couldn't go into that extra shift that everybody needed them to go into against Lyon. And Alexia said that their strength and conditioning team took that final interior in quite literally. And, and the the physicality of what the team has been preparing for is much easier. And I think the two weeks um, to solely prepare for this final injuries and mental rest and physical rest, I think it's doing them well. Um, but of course, I just touched upon it there. Injuries, Lucy Bronze, um, did you get any word if she's going to be fit? Because obviously the club said no, but then Lucy Bronze said yes. <laughs> so what was the answer today? The general feeling, uh, well, just to, to answer uh, on a global scale, uh, there are three players technically injured in Barcelona's side. It's Lucy Bronze, Fridolina Rolfo and Asisato Shoala. The general feeling is that Rolfo and Bronze will be fit. And my feeling and something that I've been told is they will start on Saturday. Oshoala is a toss-up. It's, yeah. uh, it's a huge question mark right now. But I feel that Bronze and, and Rolfo, from what we gathered today and, and on this, these last few days, uh, they will be fit and will play on against uh, Wolfsburg. And I guess the, the next big question, will Alexia start? Or, no. no, that was, I think, I think that was coming. Quick answer. <laughs> yeah, no, I think, I think that was, I mean, I think not unnecessary, but it's quite unnecessary to start her um, in such a big game of the season. And the, the midfield is working. Fine. Yeah, and look, I've I've been I've been wrong before, and I will be wrong again. But I can confidently say that I would be shocked, like absolutely shocked, if Alexia starts just because she hasn't played for more than than twenty thirty minutes this season. And even though we, uh, Barcelona played against Madrid and Sevilla in the last few games of the season, she didn't start one of those games. And I I feel that uh, if she where to have a chance to start on Saturday against Wolfsburg, she, uh, at least uh, Jonathan Giraldez would have tried to fit her into the, the starting lineup or one of the last few dates of the of the Liga F. Yeah. Jesse, how do you feel about Lucy Brown starting? Yeah, I think it'll be interesting because, I mean, I get the Alexia thing because she's really not played for a long time, but Lucy also hasn't played for a long time. And I think what's kind of interesting is obviously... In England, lots of the focus has been on on Abatier leaving United and potentially going back to Barcelona. And I just wonder what Mark thinks about what impact that might have had on Lucy. Because I think from an outside perspective, Lucy Bronze went to Barcelona as an upgrade in the fullback position. But people aware of like her age and how maybe she's not as good as she once was, but I don't think Lucy Bronze has that view of herself. Um, <laughs> and I wonder how she'll have kind of taken this interest in basically bringing in a new right back. Yeah, it's, it's uh, an interesting take. I, I, I believe I'm, I don't know the full details of how Bronze is feeling about the, about this, this uh, signing. Well, let's, let's, for the sake of it, let's just say possible signing. Potential. <laughs> let's just say potential, even though, uh, well, it's... <laughs> we, we can take out the potential. Um, well, uh, from the outside looking in, and what I mean outside, I mean uh, from the club's perspective, from the fans' pers perspective, it's like the, the return of a, a kind of a golden child. Uh, Barcelona uh, wanted to sign Ona for many seasons after Ona went away from the, from the Barcelona Academy. Uh, because of something that Spanish football invented and was uh, a horrible decision, uh, Ona couldn't sign for any Spanish team. So she went away to England, to United. And it doesn't matter how many years have passed, 
uh, Ona always felt like the long time answer in Barcelona's right back. And even though uh, everyone was excited and everyone thought they were going, they were getting an amazing player in Lucy Bronze this summer. Everyone still thought that this is kind of a rental. Like Lucy signed for two years, and little people, not a lot of people, expect her to extend the the contract uh, uh, longer than twenty twenty four. I mean, I, I again, I, I can, I can be wrong, but there's not the highest of expectations that she can or will extend her her contract once it once it finishes. And like I say, Ona feels like the the long term answer at that uh, position. Mark, we don't invite you on here to be wrong, you know. <laughs> there's, a, there's a certain standard that that we need to keep. <laughs> um, well, obviously, yeah, I think Ona. I think everyone listening to this podcast will be well aware of who Ona Batya is, or as the English say, Ona Badger. Um, <laughs> I think it's, yeah, Lucy Brown. She's going back to Spain just because she's fed up with people saying her name wrong. <laughs> Basically. I mean, yeah, it's quite bad. But yeah, I think I think Ona is, um, I mean, I said it that United gave her, well, United and the WSL in general gave her something that the Spanish League wouldn't have given her, was the physicality of going up against girl right in Lauren Hemp and you saw it in the first few times that Ona Baye went up against Lauren Hemp um Ona was in the dust um Lauren Hemp was absolutely eating her life and now you see Ona kind of grow into that role of physicality of pushing Lauren Hemp off the ball of, of reading the game a bit better and quicker I think decisions and so when you're playing with players like Alatun and Alessio Russo it's those moments that you need to to pick up on that. Um, obviously, Barcelona's build-up play is a lot slower than a Man United build-up play. So she's kind of developed those those roles. Um, and I'm not saying, because people on Twitter seem to think that I'm saying that she didn't have any of that before she joined United. <laughs> um, I'm just saying that it just it's it's an it's a different way of of developing your skills. And obviously, when you see how Lucy Bronze has kind of fit into the the Barcelona side, you can expect that and much, much better for Ona. Um, but obviously. So Barcelona have lost a game in this Champions League campaign against Bayern Munich. Um, you can kind of look at that as they lost against a German team and you should be slightly worried. Um, but at the same time, they did blow Bayern Munich away in Camp Nou. Um, but the goals that Bayern Munich scored would be quite similar to what Wolfsburg would be doing. Um, balls down the wing, we talked about it, balls down the wing, exploiting the space left back, um, left by the full backs, crosses in, you have Alex Pop in the space. I think it was, um, was it Ana Maria Ternogorcevic that said that the set pieces are yeah. where it's the scariest. Um, <clears throat> so I don't know, Mark, what you you thought of the overall season that Barcelona has had in the Champions League? Yeah, like, like I said in, in my first answer, I, I think last year we were like, uh, like starstruck because Barcelona beat Arsenal for for one, I think, in the Johan Cruyff. And then in at Emirates, they beat them 4-0. Uh, and it was like uh, we were in awe of the games they played in, in the Champions League on the group stage. And then uh, also shocked, but in a negative way because they uh, were, ho- let's face it, they were horrible in the first half against Real Madrid in the first leg of the quarterfinals. But then against Wolfsburg on that first leg, uh, this time at Camp Nou, they were amazing. And on the second leg, they kind of took the foot of the gas, I think. And more than Wolfsburg dominated, I think Barcelona took uh, the foot of the gas. So this year, I think, like they wanted to be at their peak now. They wanted to play against their best football, as the draw uh, put it, against Chelsea in the semifinals and now in, in, in this final. So I think uh, it's uh, this Champions League has its doubts because I think that the best game they have played uh, outside from home this season uh, were uh, at Stamford Bridge. I think that uh, outside from home, they didn't play well in Munich, obviously. They didn't play well in, in Benfica because uh, they they won, two, uh, they won uh, 6-2, but Panos, uh, uh, Panos uh, saved penalty. two penalties. Yeah, <laughs> yeah so, that was, yeah, a, bad, it was, not that a, was a bad match. Against, uh, and then in the quarterfinals against Roma, 
they dominated the game and they could have scored like three, four goals. And it's not an exaggeration. They could have. But in the last 15 minutes, they just folded and Roma could have tied the game perfectly. And Pañas was a savior again. So I think I'm, I'm only talking about the games outside from home because obviously this is a Champions League final. It will be a game uh, uh, away from home. Uh, so I I would give uh, a good note, uh, like a, a good score on this on this Champions League that Barcelona has played, mainly because I think the best games came when they mattered. They played a great game, I think, at uh, at Stamford Bridge, and they also had uh, a good uh, a good. Uh, they they showed good football against uh, Chelsea also at at Camp Nou, and they deserve to be in this final because they, I in my opinion, they peaked at the at the right time, so. You can look and analyze what happened in Munich, for example, because they face a German team this this Saturday. But uh, I don't think it matters that much what happened on the group stage because I think that uh, the team that faced Chelsea or that has played these last few months of the season is nowhere near the team that started this, this season. Yeah, we mentioned that, um, I think, in the last podcast about how much Barcelona has changed since the start of the season of players being more comfortable, of the midfield being adjusted to no Alexia um, and just everyone kind of fitting together. But obviously, with no Oshwala, um, Jesse, what do you think? I would presume that Jason would be starting in that centre role. What do you think of that going up against um, our favourite defensive line in the Champions League? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think it's a good fit. Like, I, I know, like, it's kind of felt like Oshwala's been preferred over JC, which surprised me. I think at the the start of the season, I didn't think that would really happen. Um, But I think, you know, it's kind of understandable. It's taken JC time to to fit in properly with with this Barcelona team. But I think what she really excels at is pressing. And I think that's something Wolfsburg's defence really struggles with. We saw in that semi-final that um, Wolfsburg really struggled with Sheena Blackstenius doing a very similar kind of thing, like a very active player, not always the most technically gifted. She's not always going to take all her chances. But she will she will cause problems. Um, and I think JC could have a very similar effect. I think we've seen, you know, if Barcelona's recent results haven't been amazing, Wolfsburg's have been as bad, if not worse, because Wolfsburg still had something to play for. Um, and Barcelona didn't. And we saw them get like seriously, seriously exposed by Eintracht Frankfurt. And honestly, like I, I do worry for them a bit. Um, it's hard because because of what happened last year. I think there's that bit in the back of your head which goes, well, you know, no, anything can happen. Like not many people, I think, expected Leon to win at least in the way that they did. Um, even if people thought Leon might win, but for Wolfsburg, like I thought they were very disappointing against Arsenal. I know they got it done in the end, but given the number of players Arsenal had out, it should never have had to be that close. And at, I haven't seen anything since that suggested they've got a they've got better since then. Um, so yeah, I think that would be worrying for them. Yeah, I think I think that's fair. I think especially when you compare it to Barcelona, who we just said have gotten better since, um, despite the league results in terms of mentality and everything. I think they've been able to kind of really fully focus on this final. And obviously, last season they didn't necessarily get the chance to. Um, if I'm correct, did they still play matches, league matches after the final last year? Yeah. Or was it that, yeah, if I remember correctly, they still had the league to finish after the final no, last year. I, and or... I think no, I, I think the league was finished, but they had to play the Copa de la Reina, the final four. Yeah, yeah, that's mm. what it was. That's what, because I remember there was still matches for Barcelona after the final. But now they've finished everything and they've been solely focusing on this, which, as we know, Barcelona are, are quite good um, to kind of put their head down and, and know what they want, and obviously they want to they want they want to win this final. But um, Mark, how do you see? Let's let's start with Wolfsburg, and we'll finish off with Barcelona. Um, in terms of Wolfsburg, where are you scared essentially? Yeah, um, uh, you you mentioned it. Uh, Anna Maria Chernorsovich mentioned it too. Uh, look, uh, if I I would like to believe that if I knew like ten times the football that I know, uh, maybe I would be working for for a professional football club. <laughs> but uh, look, uh, when you when you look at the set pieces, I mean, I I would panic and put like uh, two defenders on pop. 
I mean, I think she's she's a key. She's a key to to this type of uh, to this type of plays. Uh, it doesn't matter if she is trying to head uh, head it on goal or she's just trying to find a teammate, so uh, an open teammate, so she can she can score. I think that Pop is absolutely uh, the central piece for the set pieces or uh, the the crosses from Wolfsburg, and and yeah, I think the set pieces is what scares me the most because. Um, I I'm I'm not really confident that Barcelona can stop uh, Wolfsburg counterattacks, but I'm more confident that they can stop their counterattacks uh, more uh, rather than the the set pieces. Because in the counterattacks, yeah, uh, Wolfsburg is really quick to to go on the on the outside with John's daughter, with Hood, with Payer. They they really are able to find the uh, a good uh, fast player to build a, a quick attack and and do damage. And I think those two are the main focuses on on the Wolfsburg side. But uh, I think, like like Jesse said, uh, I think the the tie with Arsenal. I do believe that the team with uh, the least uh, the least mistakes uh, went through. So I think both teams make uh, made uh, huge mistakes on both ends, but Wolfsburg in the end did the less mistakes. So. Uh, I know you haven't asked me this uh, this question, but my bold prediction is that uh, Barcelona. Uh, will score like uh, I can imagine uh, any scenario where Barcelona doesn't score yeah maybe they have like a, a horrible game shooting the, the ball but I, I I can imagine Barcelona doesn't find the back of the net because Wolfsburg is, is a really weak side on, on defense if Arsenal can score then Barcelona can score <laughs> essentially and yeah we I think it'll be quite interesting to see how Mapi and Irene handle Ewapayo and Alex Pop essentially in that same space. Um, because presumably Alex Pop is gonna play in that 10 position, Ewapayo is gonna start up up top as a nine. So you're gonna have to they're gonna have to pick essentially. Um, do you double up on Alex Pop or do you kind of let Ewapayo um be handled by someone else probably I mean I would assume the pivot would come and drop down to Elwafayo but do you want to put Alex um Kira Wash for example on Alex Pop <laughs> um I don't know how well Kira Wash will be doing there um ball on the ground maybe ball on the air most likely not um so I think it'll be quite interesting and again I do agree on the other hand um I do have to say that I am quite excited to see Yese play in the number nine role in the Champions League final against a defense that, again, we've been saying that are prone to errors. Um, and Arsenal, again, did it quite, you know, Baxinius in particular, as Jesse mentioned, did it quite well and has gotten the ball back. Um, I think Victoria Pulova did a lot of, of high pressing as well from the midfield. So if you if you put that exact same scenario into Barcelona and you have Jayce and Aitana, for example, doing the role of Baxinius and Victoria Pulova. Um, and I, Barca obviously closed down the spaces a bit better than, than Arsenal in terms of style play. That's just what they're built to do. Um, <clears throat> so I will be interested to see how well that goes. Um, obviously, Jason did it really well against Chelsea, I thought. Uh, Mark, you and I were talking about that at Sanford Bridge, yeah. um, that the the Jason style of press, um, it worked really well and it was quite efficient. As we know, sorry, Jesse, but AKB is prone for, for an error here and there with the ball at the feet. Um, so JC should be fun, but let's let's leave JC aside. Where else, Mark, do you think that Barcelona will have the advantage? Uh, that's a that's a good question, and yeah, just a, I know you said that leave JC aside, but just a, a quick note because uh, it's true that uh, Barca is right to be worried about JC because she's a nine, and uh, the, the stats speak for themselves. She, uh, she hasn't scored since uh, February fifth. So it's almost four months since she's, she hasn't found the back of the net. But against Chelsea, against Roma, against Real Madrid in many games, against ba even Bayern. I mean, Barcelona's 3-1, but the one was thanks to Jayce pressing the centre-backs and pressing the goalie. She's done a wonderful job in this in this type of area. And I think that um, that Barcelona is... is uh, well, she will be the, the forefront of Barcelona's attack. And then... Um, I really do believe that we talked about um, sent, uh, the, the set pieces for Wolfsburg, but they are good attacking on the set pieces, but they are not good defending the set pieces. Uh, they haven't been good this season. And 
uh, things we have seen this uh, the last few games in Barcelona and well in Stanford Bridge Marta had a header that one of of the post and in, in that position Barca has find uh, Paredes uh, they have they have found bronze they have found players on the set pieces and they are the set pieces are not a speciality for of Barcelona but they have been able to find players on certain set set pieces but well when you talk about the the advantage I really do believe that in, on the midfield, the Barcelona will have the advantage. But um, when you watch the final, the the only final that Barcelona have won, uh, the advantage was on the outside. And I think with Carolyn Graham Hansen at the level she's at, uh, she basically, and I'm sorry to pile on Jesse, but she basically <laughs> eliminated Chelsea uh, by by herself. And at the level she's at right now, I do think that it's it's kind of a cheat code to have her right right now it always is yeah I think at the level she's at right now there's almost like no shame and like that's that's again when I why I came away from the Barcelona game like look if a player's in that kind of form if they're like shooting with that level of accuracy if they're going past players like I actually thought Neve Charles did really really well against her um and she still scored twice which just kind of says it all um but yeah I think I think Wolfsburg will I would worry for them on both sides, to be honest, because again, Feli Rauk, Lynn Vilms, I know she's just signed a new deal, but these aren't players who I feel are like consistently amazing. And, you know, equally, Neve Charles isn't one of those players either. And she showed that, you know, maybe you can, you can try your best. You can maybe only have her score once, but she was also backed up by Magda Eriksson, who's, you know, who had a really good game, who found a different level for that game. Yeah. I was going to say, Neve Charles is also more of a no-nonsense kind of defender, whereas Lynn Vilms and, and Felicia Rauch is, um, they they just can't really put their head down and focus on that same level of no-nonsense. And what we've seen before from Rauch, what was the, pro- the problem last year in the semi-final was that she just didn't choose to defend the space, whereas, and this is what will be interesting for Stroot, does he, how does he want Wolfsburg to play? Because Emma Hayes went into this Barcelona game and said, I don't give a shit if you all think my football's crap because I think this is the way you have to play to beat Barcelona. And I think she's right. I think you have to give up stuff like that. And I don't know, given how Wolfsburg set up against Arsenal, I don't know if Tommy Stroot has that level of detail, level of preparation that we saw maybe from Hayes that allowed her to get so much closer than Chelsea had before. Um, But it'll be interesting because, you know, Wolfsburg did win that second leg, so maybe they feel like they've got a plan, but the context of that game was so crazy. Yeah, definitely. I think think Barcelona should definitely be in like a man-to-man, player-to-player kind of situation. I think Barcelona should, should definitely be confident in in all senses of all over the pitch and Mark if you take off your analysis that you work for a, a professional football team as as a fan as a football fan what is the matchup that you are most excited to see on the pitch uh well it's it's really easy for me because uh, last year uh, look Jesse was was talking right now about the the plan that Struth had uh, last season and I think that uh, he thought for a moment that she, he could replicate Lina Oberdorf which is impossible you can uh, she's unique she's amazing at what she does so I'm really interested to see uh, not it's not really a matchup but I'm really interested to see what role does uh, Oberdorf play because I think she was she was not really active on the Arsenal games on both of them because mm. uh both of those games went like uh, uh, box to box, basically. Shout out to the podcast. <laughs> uh, and she wasn't really active during the during the game. She wasn't uh, on the ball. She wasn't on the press. She wasn't a bit of nowhere to be found. But I'm really curious to see what Strut has in store for her because she's really a key player. And Barcelona doesn't do the is not keen to do the box to box. They will. Uh, pass it to the midfield. They will create plays. They will start uh, play on the midfield. So I'm really curious to see what she does. And uh, on the Barcelona side, uh, it's not a matchup, but 
I'm curious to see what Jonathan Giraldez does on the left wing. Because uh, on the final that Barcelona won, uh, Luis Cortés in that time put Martens and, and Hansen, which if we replace Martens right now, it's not the same player, but it would be Salma Parayuelo starting. But I'm curious to see if they, they will, uh, uh, he will put on the left side Mariona or Pina so that Barcelona can have like a fourth midfielder to help the run of play and give Rolfo all the space in the world on the left side. Because Rolfo and Salma, when they have played together, they have not been, they have not worked uh, on the level that Barcelona maybe has hoped for. So I'm curious to see what will Jona do. I really think they will, it's Mariona who's going to start if Rolfo starts, which I think she will. And on the Wolfsburg side, it's, it's just Oberdorf, um, Oberdorf's uh, role on the on the game because obviously she was injured last year and it was key to to, Barca, to Wolfsburg chances. And that's it. <laughs> yeah. No, we, we mentioned the Mariona bit. Um, Jesse, it was against Chelsea, wasn't it, where um, Mariona was brought on and then taken off and switched and it just changed the entire dynamic of Casalma, Marcas, you mentioned Salma always stays way too wide, and that gives that cuts off Rolfo's entire space. And then when you put on Mariona, not only do you bring a defender out, but then you give all the space for Rolfo. And then when you have essentially that's going to be Lindvilm's um defending that, and you would give the advantage to Rolfo and Mariona, I think potentially. I think Lindvilm's, I mean, hands up, I think Lindvilm's has actually done really well this Champions League campaign for Wolfsburg, um, but she is still a very young and naive player and decision-making compared to a Frino Yarolfo and a Mariona Caliente is a bit um, lower than that. But Jesse, any any last questions in, in Spanish and Espanol, Anna? Um, escribí mis preguntas en Espanol, pero um, uh, tenemos uh, this year already. <laughs> so I don't think I have anything else, no. No. And a Mark, what is all right? Here's a hard question then. Mark, your prediction. I honestly do believe that Barcelona will win the Champions League final. Um I think it's gonna be close. Uh, and I'm gonna say like uh three to one with the third goal coming uh, on the eighty-fifth minute or or longer. Okay, I'm gonna write it down. Just to, <laughs> if, it, if it happens, if it happens, well, the uh, third goal. A few, in the a few minutes ago, I said I can be wrong. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> you'll see how wrong I am. <laughs> it's gonna happen the 86. You'll see. <laughs> um, no, but no, that was that was perfect. And yeah, we'll see. I think the rest, of the starting eleven, is is quite evident. Um, put in Rolfo and and Lucy, and you have pretty much the entire team set up. You think? I think Kira Walsh is quite set in that pivot role. Yeah. Um, it would be Kira Walsh, Padri, Aitana, and then Mariona, Jason, and CGH. That is, well, just saying that team out loud is just like a bit ridiculous. And you still yeah. have Alex Sepodeas on the bench and Claudia Pina on the bench. And okay, let's not even start. Um, <laughs> but yeah, we'll, we'll leave it at that. And I think it's quite, it's, it's quite a positive conversation for Barcelona. I think we're all in agreement of that in terms of what we spoke about, the physicality, the mentality of, of how the team is getting here compared to last season and compared to Wolfsburg and it's just a bit of a difference but um gracias Mark for for joining us as always and we'll probably be back this time next year again probably <laughs> when, uh, we, we'll do the full podcast in Spanish because the final is in Bilbao so I think yeah. we have to do it all in, in Spanish so thank you both of you well I'll have learned let... more Spanish by then yeah just, so just you, you have a year just yeah I've do, like done like three sentences today so you know next year yeah. we'll go for like 30 sentences let <laughs> me go. just say thank you very much Alex and muchas gracias por todo Jesse ha sido un absoluto placer gracias por invitarme cualquier momento que quieras llamarme otra vez encantado as always <laughs> always relying on you for the Barcelona chat um, but no yeah thank you So we are here for our second part of this Champions League preview, joined with a German football expert, Annika Becker. Annika, how are you doing? Thank you for joining us today. Hey, hi. I'm very good and thanks for inviting me. <laughs> so obviously we're going to focus in a bit on Wolfsburg now. We, we've had a bit of chat about uh, Barca and, and how they might look 
Um, maybe just to kick off, we could have a little bit of a chat about how Wolfsburg season ended because there was obviously this kind of standout loss to Eintracht Frankfurt um, where they basically kind of collapsed, but they did still pick up the Pokal. They finished second in the end. Um, how much emphasis do you think how their domestic season finished will have on on this final? Mm, I think it will play a role because um, it's something that um, wasn't just a problem for them in a few matches, but something that I feel has been a bit more long going, but um, you don't always see it in the score lines in the German Bundesliga against the smaller teams, but clubs like um, Eintracht Frankfurt, um, Hoffenheim, and of course Bayern, uh, they can um, they are close enough to really grab them um, by now um, if they are not at the top of their game and. Um, I feel like they have lost a bit of their energy. Um, they had a very extremely consistent first half of the season. But then when it went into the winter, you could really see that um, they didn't press as high as they did before a bit. Um, they were lacking a bit of that aggression that they that you're used to them. Um, and I think it's something that's really come a surprise to them as a team as well, because you had a couple of matches where Alex Pop basically after the match said in the interview, like, this is not us. Um, we can't uh, we can't keep playing like that. We have to do better. And she was kind of a bit angry, I think, um, with themselves about how the matches went. Yeah, um, I think that's. That's something that's been interesting as well is feeling like from the outside at least Wolfsburg have all of this talent but maybe not the best plan on how to organize it and I think from a external perspective it's maybe surprising to see Vasmus not play as much um kind of Eula Brand and Svendis Johnstotter sort of like rotate in and out for minutes what have you made of how Stroot has used his squad throughout the season and how do you expect we'll see Wolfsburg line up on Saturday? Mm, I think the main um, surprise for me really that has an effect on lots of other decisions is how he uses um, Alex Pop because I think most people internationally will be used um, to seeing her up in the front right as a striker um, like we did in the Euros um, but for the most part at Wolfsburg she's playing in midfield and sometimes even on on the left side and not so much centrally because he's kind of using her as a very physical defensive outlet with playmaker qualities with her passing abilities and then when they go up front she's kind of switching to the front of the game and sometimes depending on uh, the opponent and trying to get into the box but um, if you play her um, on on that side, um, obviously you don't have Jule Brandt there starting or Svendis Jonstot here, so you're losing that kind of speed um, and you only really have Svenja Hood on the right wing with her speed and her crosses that she can bring in. So there's a bit um, of a lack of flexibility, I think, and in, um, in having different kinds of approaches. And yeah, it's it's a problem for them, I think. And I do think from what I've seen this season that they will start like this also in the final, that they will have her uh, pop in midfield um, and then maybe um, put her up the pitch in the second half, depending on what the scoreline is at the moment, because that's what we've been seeing a lot lately. Yeah, we, we mentioned that with, with Mark talking about Barcelona, is the 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 fact that Irene Paredes and Mapi can be beat in the air, essentially, especially when you have Ewa Bayer and Alex Pop attacking the same space, um, it can be quite, I think, advantage. That could be a big advantage for Wolfsburg in the sense of having the physicality and the aerial do's that Ewa Bayer and Alex Pop bring. Um, because I think we've said it a lot also, I think Mapi and Irene are good when the ball's at the feet, but the aerial do's is, is where the, the weakness is. And I mean, the, the players have said it as well. I mean, Alex Pop in the air is just you know, one of the big advantages that, that they have. But I guess the other question would be kind of 
where do you see Wolfsburg really getting an advantage? Let's let's put Alex Pop aside because I think we all we all know that that Alex Pop can beat Rafi Leon in, in a header. But um, where else do you see on the pitch uh, that Wolfsburg can can really hurt Barcelona? And we have seen it before, essentially. I think um, if they play their cards right, they could um, actually be quite aggressive in midfield. Um, obviously, it's very bad for Wolfsburg that Lena Latwein um, has been injured now for weeks and she won't be able to play. Um, that's also been one of the reasons why their season fiddled out a bit. But they do have Lena Oberdorf and, um, well, she had a couple of weeks now where she wasn't, well, really fit, I think. Um, she's getting back to that point now and for me it really depends on where where on the pitch they are trying to um, grab Barcelona if they are um, setting up deep too deep maybe then Wolfsburg will be in trouble because <laughs> they didn't really um, they weren't really able against Arsenal or also against uh, Bayern in the league to really deal with that but if they are trying to attack them a bit more up front I think, um, yeah, that could be a chance for them um, to then go counter-attacking with speedsters like Jule Brandt or Svendis. And obviously, Barcelona and Wolfsburg played each other last year. And there's kind of, those two matches feel like they've kind of created something strange in that obviously Wolfsburg were absolutely battered in the first leg, but they did then get that win at home. We also heard from Mark, who kind of felt like Barcelona have maybe struggled when they've not been at home this season. Do you think Wolfsburg will be able to take positives from that win, the home win against Barcelona, even though in some ways it was a dead rubber? Um, or do you feel like the squad's changed too much since that? Um, no, I think, um, I mean, mostly when you talk to players, they don't really care about it, um, what happened in the past, at least they say they don't. But I think um, the players who, well, um, were in this match or were around this match, they will take from this um, a good result that they got there. Um, plus, they are playing Barcelona on neutral ground. Um, I do kind of expect to um, the Barcelona fans to be louder and a bit more present, um, <laughs> but um, still, it's it's not it's not a real home match, so I think that could also um, play into it a little bit. But um, yeah, I think as a team, you always have to look at the positives that you got and um, just try to bump up the energy with that. The the positive intake on on the neutral ground, I think yeah. The the other thing we wanted to say, it was mostly um in terms of the speed, I think we have to talk about the speed in, in Jan Statir and Yule Brand and Svenny Huth has very underrated speed. I think not enough people talk about how good she is into space on the ball. Um and obviously Barcelona, the one of the main things that, that Wolfsburg did last season when at home against Barcelona was get the ball back in the midfield, get it up to and counterattack. And you saw it against um Arsenal. That last goal that Wolfsburg, it was a high press. It was quick counterattack um, into space. And Bayern Munich have caught off Barcelona in that same manner of down the wing, get across in, you know, Alex Papayor, as we've been saying. So do you think, who would you start? It's kind of, the, we, we alluded to it a bit better, but who would be your, not who you think Strut was going to do, because that would be a different answer, but who do you want to see against essentially what would likely be Friedrich Arolfo and Lucy Brons. Um I would actually start Svendis Jonstad here um, um, on the left and then have Svenja Hood on the right wing. And I would start um, Alex Pop in the middle. Um, maybe maybe <laughs> if you're feeling really, really comfortable, uh, you could also have Eva Payo up there as well, but I wouldn't do that against Barcelona. But um, I would start Svendis over Jule Brandt because for me, um, from what I've seen in the last uh, couple of weeks, she's in better form right now than Brandt is. And um, Jule, um, when she comes on later, um, maybe in the second half, maybe, I don't know, we get extra time. Um, she's always a player who has that special impact um, in these couple of minutes. But Svendis, um, 
is very important, not just because of her speed, but I also feel like she's got a bit more of that um, instinct, how to use the room on the pitch. And she's also got this very long uh, throw-ins of hers um, that she can use, which um, might actually be um, very important if you have someone like Pop um, up front, because then it, essentially it's a bit like having an extra corner um, because she just gets so far. So yeah, I think that's what I would do. And then, yeah, Jill, Jill Rod behind that line, um, just always uh, trying to look for a through pass. Jesse, I'm going to ask you a question, Jesse. Oh, okay. Do you, do, oh, okay. Do you, well, it, it's, it's mostly because, um, I think I alluded to it there, of, of either you high press or you low block and Wolfsburg haven't necessarily been good at the low block. And we saw that Chelsea did well with the low block to play against Barcelona, but do you have Lena Oberdorf in an Aaron Cuthbert kind of free role of really just the headless chicken running around and getting every single ball possible? Or do you have Lena Oberdorf kind of relax a bit, sit back in, in a deep position and let Alex Pop and Joe Ward kind of do that? Yeah, I think it would be interesting. I feel like I get very torn because theoretically I do believe the high press is the best way to get at Barcelona but I just don't know how realistic it is for most teams to be able to deal with Barcelona's own threats and I definitely feel like Wolfsburg's fullbacks are players who I don't think of as necessarily being incredibly like defensively disciplined as much as I like them as players sometimes um, I think they we've seen them struggle in kind of the 1v1s. So that would make me worried, I think, if they didn't have that protection. Obviously, what Chelsea chose to do was kind of play with a back three um, and then play with these quite sort of defensive-minded wing-backs um, with Aaron Cuthbert ahead as well, kind of filling that space and Melanie Leupoltz. Um I, I agree with Annika. I think Lapvine is such a big loss in that sense because I think you could look at doing a very similar system with... Um, Oberdorf and Lapvine being able to protect that space between the fullbacks and centre backs, but when like as much as Oberdorf is amazing, like that's a lot of space for one player to cover. Um, particularly if and maybe this is is something that will be term determined by Barcelona, if you have a Mariona, for example, coming in to that midfield area and overloading it, there's extra pressure there. Whereas maybe if Salma starts, it's easier for someone like Oberdorf to focus on Aitana a bit more to focus on Patrias. As they come in, um, I think if I was Wolfsburg, I would still lean to towards sitting back and trying to play on the counter attack, um, and trying to stay in the game as long as possible. Because as much as Barcelona have fantastic players to bring off the bench, so do Wolfsburg. Um, I think especially in in attacking areas, the the ability to bring on speedy players, you know, like. Vasmuth, for example, is a player who she's not had a great season, but like she's someone where we still know her quality. Like that's still a, an option. Um, Brand as well, if if she doesn't start to, um, and even like Paulina Bremer, she obviously the the goal against Arsenal was obviously like it was a mistake, and it was Eula Brand who made it. It felt like Brand's goal, even Bremer scored it scored it. But again, these are players who they it feels like they can cause mischief. Um especially as Barcelona, it doesn't necessarily feel like those defenders, if they're put under stress, like it's going to be a long game for them. Like, can Lucy Bronze actually play a full 90? I'd be sceptical, to be totally honest, or it would feel like a risk. Um, So maybe we will see Marta Torrejon at some point. Again, like, we didn't see Torrejon, I think, really tested against Chelsea because of the way they set up. And because of the way Guru Wrighton is as a winger, that's going to be like for both Bronze or Torrejon, it's going to be a totally different challenge in terms of Wolfsburg's wingers. Um, mm. So I think it will be it'll be really interesting. But I think for Wolfsburg, you've got to just try and stay in the game. Um, like, I'm a Chelsea fan. We know what happens <laughs> if you don't stay in the game against Barcelona in these big games. And, and Wolfsburg know that as well, right? Like, they just go through you. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. they really do. I I think that I think that's quite evident. But aside from all the other tactical stuff, Anika, how how do you think Wolfsburg are going to do against Barcelona? Looking at all the context of how each club finished their season, as we mentioned it before as well, you know, Wolfsburg had they had a lot to play for in the last 
bit of the season whereas Barcelona were able to kind of play their B team um, in some of the games because they won the title and since then they've had about two weeks to solely focus on the Champions League final where Wolfsburg just finished last weekend but how do you see Wolfsburg coming into this and what do you think Wolfsburg is how are they going to be able to handle the game? Um, I don't know. I'm actually a bit worried for them because um, they, as you said, they didn't really have the opportunities to take a real break or um, play their B team. There was a bit of rotation, um, but yeah, not as much as you would have seen otherwise. Um, but then they, they played for the uh, championship title, but didn't get it. Um, and I think what um, the the last uh, match day in Germany was a real demonstration of power from Bayern Munich. And I mean, you have these matches going parallel and then Wolfsburg scored, but obviously they heard, okay, um, Bayern are leading like 7-0 <laughs> by now. We don't need to do anything anymore. It, it must be frustrating. So what what I would hope for Wolfsburg is that they maybe take this kind of frustration and turn it into something that they can just let out on the pitch and uh, maybe just go for the title and see it as a really big chance that you just won't get every year um, because you can't really plan for that um, as Wolfsburg, in my opinion. Um, so that's that's what they have to do. They just have to see it as this really, really big chance and focus on it, focus everything on it, because the last couple of weeks, they just didn't look that good. So they really have to try and focus that energy now. Yeah, and I think it's going to be really fascinating because like for all that I think Barcelona are understandably favorites, they've lost a handful of Champions League. Like Wolfsburg and Barcelona have been runners up in like four of the last five Champions League finals which is bonkers yeah. really and you know like if it weren't for Leon I'm sure like Wolfsburg would would feel like they've added would have added some some more medals to their collection there but I wonder whether there's a sense in Germany Annika around the rise of the traditionally like big men's clubs um, because we've obviously seen it a lot in England with United qualifying for the Champions League for the first time, um, I think we've, we're also starting to see that Lyon don't have the same pull as they did before. And whilst Wolfsburg are part of a, a bigger club, um, their their men's team hasn't historically been on the same level as, for example, Bayern Munich is, is in Germany. Is there like an anxiety around how the women's football landscape is changing and maybe where Wolfsburg's role is within that? Mm, I mean, there's definitely discussions about that. I mean, um, the thing with, Wolf, uh, with Wolfsburg not being big uh, in the men's game in Germany is um, maybe just for a bit of context that they are, well, tied to VV. So they are tied to this um, organization. And that's just something that's very um, badly looked upon here in Germany. That's what um, traditional fans don't really want so um they do have um ultras and fans of course um but it's not it, it's on a different kind of level than with other clubs like bayern munich for example and that's kind of also what you see um when you visit matches that yes they do bring a lot of fans and they are loud but it's not um, the same type of organized fan scene that you would get with bayern or maybe um even um werder bremen um, even though they are not um, high up in the table but they had um um, loud fan groups there who are organized and who usually visit the men's matches, um, for example. And now in this season, we had Turbina Potsdam going down, being relegated for the first time ever. Um, one of the last traditional women's football clubs. Um, the last one to stay in the league now is SKS Essen. Um, so yeah, that's definitely, definitely been a topic that's been discussed in the last couple of weeks. But I feel like... Um, it's something that makes me very, very sad because I'm from Essen. So that's kind of the club I feel closest to. And you can always see these types of clubs hanging on and trying to do everything. But you just know that 
um, in a while, it won't be possible for them to stay in the first league, especially um, with the way things are organized here, because we don't really have a strong second division um, in Germany at the moment. Um, that's a big problem, actually. So, yeah, there's lots of debate going on about that for a while now. If we had a podcast for just talking about federations and yeah. quality of second divisions <laughs> and everything, we could be here for an hour. Yeah, it will be really interesting, I think, to see over the, the next few years how that kind of stuff plays out, because I feel like this this worry about the, the bigger teams or the historically uh, bigger men's teams like hasn't quite come to pass, even though there's been the, been an anxiety around it. Um, mm. But I definitely think it'll be interesting to see how that changes. Shall we wrap up with some predictions? The hardest bit. <laughs> Annika, as our guest, would you like to go first? Um, I I'll try to be optimistic and I'll say it's a match where Wolfsburg will score first and then they kind of have to hang on to it and then it will be a 2-2 and there will be extra time and then we'll see. Okay, I like that. Okay. That's a detailed yeah. prediction. Yeah. Yeah. So Wolfsburg's going for us two to extra time. That's you know, I actually I actually thought about this yesterday about how possible extra time is. Um I think I think Wolfsburg would have the ability to score first and kind of then hold off. But again, I think that's gonna be very dependent on what kind of Barcelona team shows up. Um, I think it'll be quite evident that it will be dependent on their mentality because we, as we saw against Chelsea, it wasn't necessarily the max um, that you can see Barcelona's attack. It was it felt a bit diluted in the sense of um, the power and strength behind the the attack, if that makes sense. So I think it I think it'll be more dependent on Barcelona than it is on Wolfsburg in terms of Wolfsburg being able to hold the hold the game off. Um, I think I'm gonna have to edge it to Barcelona in 90 minutes. I think, I don't know, again, I don't know whether to go bold or to go safe. Should I go bold? I'm going to go yes, bold. Yes, always go bold. I'll go bold. <laughs> I'm going to go 3-2 to Barcelona. That'll be a fun game. Yeah. Um, Just... I I really am, am struggling with this because I've been very underwhelmed by Wolfsburg all season, but I do feel like there are players there who can find different levels. Um, it's also, I feel like Wolfsburg squad kind of, their strengths are Barcelona's weaknesses. Like it's literally like yes. the, the wings and then the physicality of center backs and set pieces. Yeah, I think, I think Barcelona will win, but I wonder if it will be tighter than maybe people feel. So I'll go... 1-0 Barcelona. And it will have Ooh. to be Caroline Graham Hansen. Uh, it has to be. Yeah. <laughs> we actually <laughs> haven't, haven't talked about that. The number um, of um, players who kind of left Wolfsburg um, and Jill Rod's comments uh, and all of that. Is that right. something is that, is that something that's like uh, dominated like Germany as much as uh, it's dominated Twitter? Uh, no, <laughs> I think unfortunately our um, media coverage is a bit too small for that, <laughs> but it's definitely uh, been talked about among fans. Yeah, uh, interesting, the interesting one. All right. Well, Annika, thank you very much for joining us. Uh, really appreciate it. If anyone wants to find you so they can read your work and your thoughts, uh, whereabouts should they go? Um, the easiest is Twitter. That's um, Annika underscore um, BE. Um, and yeah, I have my homepage linked there. And from there, you can just find everything. I have all my work uh, linked there, all the podcasts, all the articles. They are in German, <laughs> but if you want to, you can translate them. Yeah, exactly. That's what the Google Translate function yeah, it works. is yeah. for. Um, <laughs> All right, that pretty much wraps us up on our um, Champions League box-to-box -box preview. Mm -hmm. uh, Alex, have fun. I'm very sad I won't be there. Yes, um, but I'll try. Will... I'll try not to replicate that photo that you took of me last season. Oh yeah, 
I'd forgotten about that. There will be yeah. no one there to take the photo of you if that That's happens. True. So um, I hope I hope I have a better time than I did last year. Last year. Yeah. Well, I hope I hope it's a good game and I hope everyone enjoys it. Yeah. Um and we will be back, obviously, to wrap it all up and that will be the end of the season. It it comes around fast, doesn't it? It does. We'll have to figure out what we're gonna do for the World Cup. All right. Oh boy. But <laughs> Thank Let's you get through Champions League final. <laughs> Enjoy Saturday if you're going, if you're watching from home. Hopefully it's going to be a great game. Um, two really historic teams and I think worthy teams to be in the final. So uh, let's hope everyone enjoys it and we will speak to you soon. Bye.